group. This is the Son of Ghoul, and you're listening to the Secret Lair Drive-In. <laughs> Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. the truth about these women of Wongo. This one's mine. He's cute. Well, welcome to yet another exciting episode of The Secret Lair Drive-In, and I am your host, your fearless leader, D-Dub. And across the table from me is my co-host and faithful acolyte, Stratosphere. How's it going, kids? So, before we hop into this week's fun and frolic, first let's toss out our contact information. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at... Secret Lair Podcast... At gmail.com. That's right. And you can visit us on Podbean at secretlayerdrivein.podbean.com. While you're out there, subscribe to us on iTunes. Or if you have a Windows phone, subscribe there. Or go on Beyond Pod for your Android devices. Let's face it, you just can't get away from us. That's right. There's no excuses. Now, before this week's cinematic masterpiece, it's time for... You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> 
I'm using it ironically. Ah, therefore completely justified. Right. So anyway, before that, let's go and visit Joe's Corner. Okay, gentlemen, greetings and happy new year to you. Joe, yes, you are pronouncing that correctly. I didn't hear. Just wanted to comment on your latest podcasts. I really enjoyed the show and your favorite Christmas movies. You mentioned the remake of Is a Wonderful Life starring Marlo Thomas titled It Happened One Christmas. I remember seeing this when it originally aired back in 77 before I even knew it was a remake. Interesting movie, but I do think it lacks the sentiment of the original. By the way, you can catch the whole movie on YouTube. I wholeheartedly agree about Christmas Vacation and A Christmas Story. These two I just never get tired of and just keep getting better with age. In fact, I saw A Christmas Story in theaters and remember telling all my friends and family to check this movie out and how good it was. To this day, I'm the only one I know who saw this film in theaters, except the girl I was dating at the time. Another one of my favorites is It Happened on Fifth Avenue from 1947. Great little movie. Also, if you can find it, you might want to check out A Carol for Another Christmas from 1964. It's a spin of A Christmas Carol starring Sterling Hayden and written by Rod Serling. Another spin on A Christmas Carol is a TV movie from 1979 called An American Christmas Carol starring Henry Winkler. Now that one I remember. Now crazy as this sounds, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians has really grown on me over the years and it's one of those films I put on late night a few days before Christmas. I have to mention this one movie I came across a year ago. You gotta check out Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. This 2010 Finnish tale takes the whole Christmas theme and totally spins it on its head. It's worth checking out. You can find it on Netflix streaming. I also enjoyed the Evil Roy Slade podcast. I have to see this film. I love those zany comedy films, and it sounds like it may be one I have to see. Just you saying the name makes me crack up all over again. That's how funny that movie is. Plus, it has John Astin. I'm really looking forward to the Destroy All Monsters podcast. I always like this kaiju monster movie mashup i recently picked up the blu-ray of this film and i would suggest watching the film with the audio commentary track it's done by the same two guys that do a few commentaries on the classic media godzilla films and they are great to listen to destroy all monsters is a good film but i always wished it was a better film there's a lot to like in this film but in my humble opinion at times the film gets a little talky and rambles on a bit well that and all that flying um the ending with all the monsters is great and we get a big entrance by King Ghidorah, or Ghidra, however you want to pronounce it. Lots of great miniature action, too. As I write this, as I write this email, a commercial just aired a spot for Svengoolie this weekend. I don't know if you have the MeTV network, but on Saturday nights they run a film hosted by one of the last of the horror hosts, Svengoolie. Anyway, this week Sven is running King Kong Escapes. I can't remember the last time I saw this film on TV. I will be tuning in. Well, let's wrap this up because I need to watch one of my wife's Christmas gifts. Season 4 of The Six Million Dollar Man. Looking forward to watching Steve Battle of Venus Space Probe again. Happy New Year, and I'm looking forward to all the shows in 2014. Joe, yes, you are pronouncing that correctly, Iden. P.S. The Eagles have clinched the NFC East. On to the postseason. Go Eagles. Sorry, sorry, Joe. We know what happened. Yeah, well, we feel your pain. Yeah, well, once, and everybody else's pain too. So, <laughs> yeah, you think you got it rough? Try being a Browns fan. Oh my God. 
But uh, now, uh, uh, him six million dollar man fighting the Venus probe was that before or after Bigfoot? I got to be totally honest. I'm not sure. I have the first... how many seasons did it go? I don't even remember. You know, I don't know that either. I have the first season over on the shelf of ah, uh, so, so you do. There. I can't remember where I filed it, but it, and I, I know it's over there. I remember I had the six million dollar man with the kung fu grip. No, that was uh, the Atomic Man with the Kung Fu Grip. The Six Million Dollar well, Man was the one that had a little ratchet on his back that went. Yeah, but he but he had a fake engine block that he could he could lift up and down. Yeah, yeah, that's whatever that is. I had. Okay, yeah, I think, and it had that rubber sleeve that you could roll up and take out the little bionic. Thing yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Reminds me of a scene in the Forty Year Old Virgin, where they're looking at all the figures on his wall, and it's like. Is this the six million dollar man's boss? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! So anyway, we've avoided this quite. We've avoided this by as long as we can. What is our cinematic treasure for this episode? Well, unfortunately, it didn't stay buried. We're talking about the nineteen fifty eight American film. That, that's about the kindest thing you can say about it. The wild, the not just not just. Plain, but the wild women of Wongo. <sighs> you know, on some on some level, I had high hopes for this film. I, you know, okay. Before we even get get into the plot, I will say it kind of reminds me of. I have one. I have several weird analogies with this movie, but the first one that comes to mind is uh, you're familiar with the movie Machete. I believe so. Now, Machete started off as like a fake trailer done in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Wasn't that the Grindhouse thing? Yeah. Okay. And they, they put all these, these fake trailers in the middle of this double feature, and someone got the idea that, um, you know, okay, this, this Machete just sounds like such a great movie. Let's make an actual movie of it. Now, this movie, I'm sure, has a great trailer. It's... it. it Probably is a really. It looks like it would be really, like oh my god, what a ridiculous movie! And then somebody decided to say, "Hey, let's make the actual movie," <laughs> with with not so good results. Uh, I, you just have to look at it like, okay, this was probably the other movie on the double bill. Oh, this this is like a C movie. Anyway. <laughs> The best place to start, if there is one for this, would be the, the plot. plot. All right. The film starts with narration from Mother Nature discussing an experiment with Father Time that went wrong. <laughs> Along well, with it, everything else in the movie. <laughs> it went wrong. And, you know, it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. It's not nice to have her make a movie either. On the fictional island of Wongo... She created a tribe where the men are brutish and ugly, and the women are beautiful. Now, I will say that the women are fairly hot. Uh, the men, outside of the one guy with blue hair and the one bald guy, I didn't think they were that bad looking. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I didn't. Re- I, I didn't. I, I didn't think they sold that enough. Um, no, they didn't exactly look Neanderthal or anything like that. Mother Nature then creates a tribe on a near up, nearby island where the women are repulsive and the men are strong and handsome. <laughs> Man, you can't even riff. God, uh, it's, it's so sad. It's just beyond me. I, I, I'm just... Well, okay, I, 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 do, I, I do have a thing about this movie and the women specifically that made me laugh, which I'll, I'll get to later. Okay. 
is the, the one redeeming thing. It actually made me laugh out loud. Okay, so for years, the two tribes lived unaware of each other's existence until ape men from across the ocean attacked the village of handsome men. Okay. Now, this tribe sends their king's son to seek help against the invaders. The son finds the island of Wongo the day before the village men pick their brides. Gotcha. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, The women, seeing the handsome prince, begin questioning their life among the brutes that dwell in the village. Just like I'm sure the prince is questioning. Yeah, it's like, these are women? (laughs) This is what they can look like. Now, the men grow jealous of, of the handsome visitor and plot to kill him. Of course. Of course. The women of Wongo, finding out about this, risk their lives to protect the prince, and in doing so, offend the crocodile god. Well, actually, in the in the, move, in the print I saw, they kept referring to him as the dragon god. And I was like... Whatever. <laughs> There's a scene coming up that I just like... Go ahead. <laughs> I know the scene you're talking about. Uh, yeah, and... The crocodile god, it says you're portrayed by stock footage of a crocodile on a rubber model. <laughs> I mean, this this is this is low budget and of the likes. I, I can't remember the last time we saw something. This this, this made kaiju look high budget. Oh, well, some of them were kind of relatively high budget, but I, I, I long for the I long for the high tech days of Godzilla raids again. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Anywho, uh, the women are rounded up by the village men and are sent out into the wilderness until the reptile god has drawn blood for the insult. Yeah, they, they basically go on a camp out for a couple of days. Yeah, sleep over, camp out, whatever you want to call it. Uh, now, I, I have a little, this is a very liberal interpretation of, of the storyline that I saw. And keep in mind, I, I kept... Start, starting, oh, I have another analogy. Go ahead. Um, remember back in, oh, I want to say this was probably high school, um, the whole um, Price of the Phoenix, Fate of the Phoenix thing? Oh, yeah. For, for those that aren't, there was, uh, there was a Star Trek novel called uh, Price of the Phoenix. By Sandra, Sandra Marshak and Myrna Colbreth. And this book literally... Took me several years to read because he kept starting it and putting it down because it just it, it was just that bad and still is that bad. This is how this movie was to me. <laughs> I I'd, well, I kept trying to watch it on YouTube at work, and because the um, the coverage is not great at work, uh, it kept messing up. And I kept seeing like the first five minutes of this film over and over again, which. If I've committed enough sins in my lifetime, I think that's what's what what's uh, going to happen. I'm going to be forced to watch this over and over again. <laughs> well, it's like uh, when I was first dating my wife, her nephew would come over and start watching The Wizard of Oz on videotape. Okay. And he'd watch maybe the first half hour before they'd leave. Oh, And I then see they'd come right. back, and you instead of picking it up, he, he started all... <laughs> there were, it was a long time. Well, that was probably VHS, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, I mean, he had to physically rewind it. <laughs> but, you know, every time, I'm like, uh But uh, it was 
it was funny how I how I finally got around this problem. I find I have a program that allows me to download the video off of YouTube and save it to a file. So I finally oh, okay. I finally did it that way, and then I was able to actually watch it on my computer at home without fear of interruption. But even then, it was like I I kept making excuses, and I literally before I came over here to the secret layer. Uh, ten seconds before I'm out the door, I watched I watched the last scene of it. So it, it was uh, it was a challenge. Let's let's just say that it was a challenge for me too. I actually had to run it back at one point because I was I kind of fell asleep while I was watching it. It, it I will I mean, well I'll say that for final thoughts. But uh, go ahead. Um, but this is where I said the the net. Uh, you do. The Wikipedia uh, summary of this is a little liberal in their definition because it says uh, the women band together, watching each other's backs until the ape men arrive at their village. Wait well, a minute. Was that, was, was that before or after the, the massive cat fight we saw? <laughs> you know, I know there was one that was always trying to stir the pot, but. Uh... Well, you, you had the redhead. You had her who was the king's daughter. You had the brunette who was her best friend. And you had the blonde who was the pot stirrer. That probably summed up the entire yeah, of the movie yeah, right there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, ma- massive cat fight because uh, one of them's like, you know, we should just we should just abandon our men. <laughs> no, we cannot. You know, it's funny. We were, t- you were talking earlier about uh, uh, Doctor Who audio drama, and you said uh, on a podcast, and you said the thing that really ruined it for you was the extremely wooden acting. That's what this movie is. That's just, what I kept thinking. This movie I, is just marinated in the William Shatner school of acting. They wish they could act as well as Shatner in his prime. Yeah. At least Shatner's funny. <laughs> he he gets the joke now. But, my God, I, as I'm watching this, you know, there's a couple here and there that really seem like they can at least act a little bit. Yeah. But most of them, you know, I think if you'd have, written down just some random words on the cue cards they probably would have read them <laughs> and it would have been more entertaining <laughs> can uh, i banambu on the banana patch <laughs> oh my god i never thought about that but that's a uh, hey well what and the uh one part that really uh stuck with me is the first i i when i first found it on youtube they had this thing uh it's sort of like a modern version of uh, mystery science theater and is it like riff tracks or something like that? It's like riff tracks, and I can't think of who does it, but it's it's done exactly the same way. It just it you know it's just guys doing it. It's not um, okay. crow and you know all that. <coughs> and uh, they mentioned that the priestess look lo- looks like Paul Stanley from Kiss, <laughs> and I couldn't get that out of my I, head. I could kind of see that. Yeah. Oh my god. But anyway, yeah, massive cat fight. Can't. That, that was definitely a highlight. Was that before or after the alligator wrestling? Uh, that would have been after. Okay, well, yeah, and I didn't uh, even understand why. Why was she wrestling? She was. She's like in the the lagoon or whatever, and uh, she's basically holding the alligator's mouth shut, and that, and and thrashing around to make it look like she's wrestling with the alligator. Was that was that the rubber model? Was that an actual alligator? I, that had they wouldn't have put. That looked to me as I'm watching this. I'm thinking, you know, we went to Virginia Beach a couple of a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I swear to God, it looked like 
just some of the people out there fighting with their little rubber life raft trying to get them <laughs> get them flat so they could get up there. Oh my god. That's fantastic. I was hoping for a death roll at that point. <laughs> well, don't even I was hey, rooting I, for the alligator at this you know, point. You know what's sad? I've actually I, I don't want to say I've become an expert, but I've certainly become more schooled on it because first off, my my wife loves alligators. Just loves. Every every woman has like an animal or that that she likes and I is understand. into gotcha you know other other women have you know giraffes or bunnies or owls my wife my has, has alligators so her new favorite show is gator boys that there's high entertainment right there uh it's actually not bad i i mean if you're into that kind of thing but it oh i must be thinking i'm i might be thinking of swamp people swamp people i have not seen but yeah, Gator Boys—they're actually uh, animal lovers, and they're—they're they're trying to keep these uh, alligators from being killed. I got and you. The other ones are just trying to get them. Okay. Yeah, they—they're very humane. They—they they take them to their little preserve, and uh, there's been a couple that were like had uh, paws chewed off or blind in one eye, and they've—they've they've nursed them back to health. They're—they're really cool. But anyway. Okay, so watching each other's backs and clawing them at the same time, I guess, until the ape men arrive at their village. And after they dispatch the invaders to the god, leave in search for the men that had abandoned the island. Okay, would these be the ape men or the ugly men or the. Well, they called them ape men. They, lo- they basically looked like the quote unquote ugly men, but they were holding massive dinosaur bones, is what it looked like. I got you. They, they didn't look any different, but they basically, they, they threw them in with, with the alligator, and they're, they're like, ah! And that wasn't even that big of an alligator. Come on, the thing had to be, what, like four or five feet? Uh, at, at most. That was that was a baby gator for sure. Well, you know, and considering they, they had a huge scene earlier with the redhead, you know, dealing with it, and it's like mm-hmm. these two guys that are like twice her size get eaten in one chomp, and, and then they show the, the alligator... And it's like jumping down on, on an obvious rubber mannequin or something like that. It's like, oh my god, that's well, I, that's crazy. Uh, okay, so and, and we can't believe this movie's in the public domain, folks. <laughs> why? Why would anyone not have jumped on it? Oh, that's right, because it's already colorized, and you know, otherwise Ted Turner would have been all over that. I don't know. Well, they've remade. You know what? I, I shouldn't even say this out loud, but they've remade everything else in Hollywood. Why not that? It can't be worse than, than say, you know, Inception. <laughs> I'm going to invoke my mantra. Didn't, Didn't see it. it. Didn't either. Um, <laughs> it, it, believe me, it came down to the wire. I almost commandeered that mantra from you for this one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. In the other village, the men have just begun their rite of manhood in which they go into the jungle without weapons for a month. All right, these are the good-looking guys. These are the good-looking ones. And they're not supposed to talk to women. Yes. Uh, Until the women of Wongo, coming upon the weaponless men, decide to take advantage of their helplessness and one by one claim them in marriage. And it it gets pretty obvious because, like, the one girl's basically out in the middle of a meadow, you know, doing her Jane Mansfield in the hay pose, and when the two guys come up to get her, they, they throw a net on them. And it's just, it's like, oh my gosh, this net will never get out. You can almost hear. Yeah. 
So the film concludes with all the beautiful men and women married and the ugly men with the ugly women. And everybody's happy. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> except, for the, except for the people that have actually watched this sticker. Well, another analogy I, I was thinking of with this, this seems very much like a drive-in movie like the type of oh it absolutely was like, but i mean like like it was specifically made we need to have something to to get them to pay money but something that they'll be too busy making out in you know their t-bird to actually pay attention to what's on screen. well you see that's why i said this was ideal fodder for the second movie in the in the thing yeah because usually even even when we were younger you know you'd have your main movie that's the one that everybody went to go see, and then they just toss something else on there. See, now, when I when my mom and dad used to take me to the drive-in, um, a lot of times it would be like you'd have your main movie, but, but the quote-unquote B movie wouldn't be a current movie. It would be like a movie that came out the, the previous year. Oh, yeah, that a lot of people have already seen. Like, uh, I remember we went to see Meatballs uh, at the drive-in theater, and because it had been released the previous year, Greece was now Greece is not a B movie by any stretch of the imagination, and yet it, no. But back in the heyday of the drive-ins, which this would have been during, I, I'm thinking this goes back further than my memory when they used to have like like a a double feature. I guess is, is right. Well, even now they have double features at the drive-ins. The few that are still around, both both current releases though. Because I, I I've seen, seen it both. I've seen it both ways. Sometimes they'll do um, two current releases. They'll do one current release and one from a couple of months ago. Last one, I, last drive-in I went to was literally it was like two years ago. We took um, my daughter and her boyfriend, and we went to see Toy Story three with grown-ups as as the B feature. Oh, righty. And, you know, everybody in the world was clamoring for a sequel to Grown Ups. Yeah. So. And, hey, didn't... Oh, never mind. Don't get me started on him. <sighs> I just get aggravated. Well, I, I used to sort of like Adam Sandler until Grown Ups 2 ruined the opening of Pacific Rim, so he can burn in hell. Oh, I... I saw part of grown-ups i it, it, had no desire to see grown-ups too and yeah i i had no desire for a sequel but grown-ups struck me as one of those movies you'd see on uh tnt or tbs on the weekend that okay there's nothing else on let's just put this on just sit here and eat bad food and vegetate <laughs> i could see that okay yeah. anyway you got any final thoughts on this I'm glad it's over. Um, I, I did find uh, one one little bit that was interesting. I started making fun of uh, it when, I, like, even even the opening credits because uh, there's an actress in there by the name of Adrian Borbo, as opposed to Barbo. And I thought it was Adrian Barbo uh, of uh, Maud and uh, Creepshow fame. Yeah, but and I think it, she'd it, have been she'd have been way too young. That's I started looking it up. I'm like, it can't have been her because I mean, she was young in Maud. She was like in her late twenties at the most, and this would have been like twenty years earlier. And it, it is a different actress completely. Matter of fact, uh, in the Wikipedia uh, cast summary, it said it actually says Adrian Borbo, not to be confused with Adrian Barbo. 
Well, I'm sure I'm sure that Adrian Borbo doesn't quite have the talents that Adrian Barbo does. Yes, both of them. <laughs> yes. Now, as far as my final thoughts, I I, I don't know if I was kind of hoping that oh, it was a little I, more exploitive I, or what. But. I, I, I do have my, my one moment that, that actually made me laugh out loud. Go ahead. There's this scene where the the women of Wango, i.e. the cute women. Okay. And the woman of Guna, i.e. the dogs, <laughs> finally meet each other. And it's, and it's a really weird scene because they, they come upon them. And the Wango women have their spears, but the Guna women, the ugly women, are all up in their grill. And there's this big fat chick that is just screaming at them, you come in peace, but you come with spears. And and she's just getting louder and louder and louder. And you're thinking, okay, you're going to see some stuff. You're going to see some throwing down. All of a sudden, one of the ugly girls screams, we are attacked. And all of a sudden, all of them just go, ah! And they run. And the Wongo women are kind of standing there like, what the hell just happened? And I, it made me laugh in spite of myself. I, I was just like, okay, I, don't, I know it was unintentional, but man, that was that was totally funny the way that played. I must have blocked that one out. That, that, that was, that, you know, you try and find the good in everything, and that's it. That's the, the little morsel of, okay, I would never want to see it again, but... It, it made me feel like, okay, I got at least a little funny moment out of it. Well, we might as well, we might as well rate it now. Okay, can we uh, revise the rating system? <laughs> I think we're both going to go double stink burgers with cheese. I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah, du- double ginormous stink burger with Limburger. <sighs> and extra special sauce. And that's all I got to say about that. So what's our movie for next time? <laughs> The words you've all been waiting to hear. <laughs> well, um, since our tradition is to go non-kaiju and then kaiju, um, our kaiju movie for next time around uh, is one that I actually got for Christmas from my lovely and gracious wife. Uh, it's uh, the classic Godzilla versus Biollante, which I have never seen. So, I've I have seen it. I start- you've seen you. Are there any? Actually, now that I think about it, are there anything you have not seen? I got one that I don't really remember, and that's Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Okay. I have it I have it somewhere around here. I just haven't uh, watched it. Yeah, see, that's one thing I, in our quote-unquote uh, New Year's resolution. This year I want to uh, try and get more from the uh, High Saiyan Millennium series because we, we really went... Uh, heavy on the Showa series in, in the uh, last year. So I'd like to like to start looking at some of the more modern ones. Uh, admit it, you just wanted to throw out the words, hey, say Showa and Millennium, right? Fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if you'd like to recommend a movie for us, tell us how great we are or tell us how, what idiots we are. <laughs> What's the email address again? Uh, secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Hey, go, you got it right this time. Go look for us on iTunes and other crap. And <laughs> No, seriously, look for us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe on your Windows phone or if you have Windows 8 or one of those. Uh, Podbean for the Android system. And make sure you check out Geeks Explain It All. 
And so, until next time, this is D-Dub. And Stratosphere. Saying go watch a B-movie. And why? Because these movies won't watch themselves. It's based on this one. Good thing we were able to watch it. (laughs) It's not bad. It's just misguided. Good Lord, is it misguided. (laughs) Later, kids. Bye. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.
sing.